Hare Krishna, welcome to Thaiva Bhakti. This is episode 21. Um, this is a spontaneous um, podcast, and I wanted to talk about something that really came to my mind around the losing of innocence. Um, naivety is a, is a really important requirement for growth in any arena of leadership or responsibility and moving towards um, a really important goal. Um, the setting I'll start with is just grounding in like, if you look at, well, I studied anthropology at London University and sociology. Um, I also have experience in different arenas of careers from the casting industry, plumbing, teaching, um, had a music sort of thing going on. Um, and also um, I had a military upbringing, um, went to military school. So in in all of these arenas, particularly the military school, I would say, there was a kind of losing of innocence and naivety. Uh, because generally a military situation um, means like you, you're starting to understand that life is um, serious. <laughs> life and death, survival, going to war, it's, it's serious stuff. I mean, what else could be more serious? And that's what I love about Bhagavad Gita. Of course, it's set in this very, very um, military situation, World War situation. And I think that's really important. If you open up the Bhagavad Gita, immediately you're, you're thrown into a situation where you have to very quickly understand that life is not a joke anymore. And the reason I mention this is because we grow up in a culture. I didn't grow up with it so much because having a military life, uh, moving around a lot um, in the 70s, going to Germany, Cyprus, we didn't have television so much. It was a few hours in the evening. We had British Forces TV in Germany. I didn't grow up really being a TV person, a screen child. Um, even at military school from 11 to 16, my school actually, even two years before that, I was at a boarding school weekly. And we we got to watch television twice, I think, or once half an hour a week. We watched Top of the Pops, I think it was, and something else, you know, the top 10. Um, anyone knows that? I don't know what age I'm talking about, how old I am. They're in England, that was the case. So I didn't, I never was grown up and enculturated to be stuck in front of a television all the time, putting videos on, you know, they was used as babysitting. Of course, TVs have always been there. The video cassettes were there during the 80s. Um, so I grew up without all that. And um, to, to today, though, and the generations moving forward, um, very much we're, we're thinking life is about being entertained. You know, if you think about television, it's entertainment. I've got to be have fun. I've got to see something funny, danger. I've got to be entertained all the time, hours and hours every day. And we kind of lose, even though the war and, the, and the, some things we watch may be um, showing seriousness about life, but we come off that going, oh, that was entertaining. And we don't really necessarily, we can probably, you know, start developing this idea that, you know, uh, life is all about fun and entertainment, and we we kind of lose sight that life is actually very serious. Um, so I, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I grew up in a military sort of upbringing, and and I remember when I was eleven or twelve, someone came to my school. Uh, sorry, um, one of the children living with us when I was there, my first year actually at twelve years old. There was the Falklands War, and some of the uh, my my school was for sons of soldiers, so. 
some of the young kids came there because if you had a father in the army or mother, you could come to the school for free, get a private education. And we'd be there for like 12, 14 weeks at a time. We didn't really have half terms. They were just a weekend or something. So I remember my friend Lee, he was uh, in my dorm and you know, certain kids came to the school and they lost their fathers. And uh, also my father's best friend was killed by the IRA terrorist attack. Yes, we've always lived with terrorism in the UK and my school was also a target for terrorism. We'd have, a, um, you know, bomb alerts and stuff like that. So, you know, as a child, I think that time for me was the, the, the end of my innocence and naivety to a little bit that I realized when I was with Lee and saw how losing his father in a helicopter crash in the Falklands War, um, it really affected him. It, it destroyed him in lots of ways. He, we had to show him how to eat, hold a knife, a fork. Um, yeah, it was as a 12 year old, I didn't really know how to process what was happening, but we helped him. But I think inside it really sort of started changing, especially when my my father's friend, he, he was killed with a nail bomb in Hyde Park in London, where they killed the horses and the, and the soldiers, um, a nail bomb exploded. And unfortunately, my dad's best friend was also killed. And that was like, you know, you have these periods where you, you lose your innocence and life becomes a bit more serious. Um, but of course, often that can wear off, we get back into life again. But why am I bringing this up? Because um, we, in anthropology, we see in other types of cultures other than Western industrial cultures, that they're especially tribal or and, um, and more what we call uh, agrarian natural cultures. They, they had these things called rites of passage where you would, you know, you would, you know, there was distinct times where you would move from a child to a teenager or a teenager to an adult and they'll put you through these grueling tests and certain activities that you'd have to do and and the whole of the culture or the society would witness you going through that rites of passage and and it was almost like they're acknowledging now you're not a child now you're an adult we're not going to talk to you or be with you the same again you have to show you have to go through this to know that this is at the end of something and it's the beginning of something and we see today so many people, so many young people, they just remain children. <laughs> we don't have these kind of what I would say really important rites of passage of ending a certain period in real life and becoming a new type of person. All we are, are these entertained children. And when the adults grow up, they work to entertain themselves, you know, particularly men as that I deal with and I deal with men on a day-to-day -day basis we generally want to play games and muck around till about 24 25 that quarter of our life we're just kind of mucking around uh playing you know we don't want to take any responsibility it's not till we get to our 20s and our late 20s we start sort of figuring out what am I going to do with my life what am I going to do we haven't we haven't sort of come to we haven't lost our naivety and our serious and our sorry and our innocence um when working with entrepreneurs um very successful ones a lot of them are about actually realizing that in order to move forward you have to ex accept that life is going to be some there's going to be suffering there's going to be seriousness there's going to be some kind of like self-inflicted trauma positive traumatic traumatic experience you're going to go through to be successful in life and if you don't lose that innocence and naivety you're not going to make it because you just you're going back to comfort and childishness and and being wanting to be entertained and I think that this podcast is really just trying to get us to think about each stage in our growth, especially in thriving back to you. You'll see you're going to go through different phases of, and part of that is being able to let go of some innocence and naivety. 
And of course, that happens from reading Srimad Bhagavatam. Particularly, you read Srimad Bhagavatam every time you read it again and again, and hopefully you are reading it again and again. Uh, that's our life and soul. You realize a certain level of innocence about material nature is being scraped away. We start realizing that material nature is not so nice. And of course, right now we see with the crisis in the world and the, the COVID situation, we see devotees freaking out. And you see they hadn't actually lost their innocence yet. <laughs> And their naivety around the fact that material nature can throw these curved balls at us in ways that just shock us. And we have to ask ourselves, this is a chance for me to start getting serious. And Prabhupada wanted us to become serious sadhikas. Leaders, and all of us are leaders. Leaders isn't a position again. Position is nothing to do with leadership. Leadership is a way of being, a way of being an example to others, to help others grow and build themselves. That's where the, a mother is a leader, a friend is a leader. Um, washing, being, doing, being around anyone else, you're a leader. <laughs> the people are watching us. And I love the stories of Jayananda. Jayananda was the temple president. Um, he uh, was putting the rubbish out one day and one new person, as I think I mentioned before, saw that, hey, who are you? Um, and said, oh, you know, I'm the temple president here. And he was so impressed that the temple president was putting out the rubbish because we should be leading by example. You know? And the leaders know as we develop is that we have to take more responsibility. We have to uh, lose our innocence. And, and so this podcast is around myself, like realizing more and more in order to, to become stronger. And I was just hearing a Taoist monk who became a physician who's now doing, uh, he's called the Urban Monk. He's now helping people with trauma. Um, he says that quite clearly is that we have to understand um, to in order to heal, um, we have to learn to um, understand that this world, we have to be proactive in understanding this world is going to hit us hard. So I'm hearing this from a Taoist monk, therapist, from Jocko, the Navy SEAL, Prabhupada, the Acharyas are all telling us we need to embrace the seriousness of life so we can handle the things when they're thrown thrown to us. Because in, we're living in an age where we are mummy cuddled, we are protected, uh, we're supposed to be entertained, we have we see so much lack of emotional resilience and ability to handle emotional pressures. Um, and I want to mention also, because we have certain person to you know in, in in members and my you know i've also revealed myself transparently that you know dealing with stuff within within you is also part of getting not being naive and innocent and just being distracted and entertaining yourself we do actually need to heal ourselves we do need to take a look at those things within us that may have happened in our lives that are really uncomfortable and find therapies and ways to deal with them in fact this Taoist monk was explaining He's actually a family man now and a physician. He's got, and now he's moved out of um, biomedicine into healing and, and stuff. Um, he pointed out that we do um, need, we can do all these therapies and take vitamins and supplements and do so many things. But if you're not actually addressing uh, the feelings and traumas within, um, you're not, you, you're not going to, um, those things aren't ultimately going to help you. You're going to be spending a lot of money, getting a lot of therapy. And secondly, you're not actually going to become strong, be the type of person you need to be to then help others. So naivety and innocence. Yeah. So part of that 
losing of naivety and innocence. Remember the in anthropology, you have these rites of passage where they the the child becomes the the boy, the boy becomes the adult, and each stage they lose innocence. Life becomes serious. Of course, in tribes and stuff, they got to go out and hunt. There's life and death. They can't sit around just playing games with you know in the village. So we should be stepping up our level of seriousness and allowing to shed organically levels uh, some innocent the levels of innocence and naivety, and that is also letting go of naivety and innocence around. Um, maybe what's going on inside of us as well. You know, if you're in a position, your mother, your father, your leader, you're in a position, you, you, although you're doing stuff and you're in a position, you're responsible, make sure that's not a distraction to not dealing with the things you need to within you that you know that are there and not ignoring them. Um, because then what happens, triggers will happen and somehow putting it under the carpet, it will raise its head in a multifarious numbers of ways. Um, and what was interesting about what the Taoist monk was saying was, is also that these habits every day, when you do habits every day, that like meditation habits, self-love habits, healing habits every day, this is an act of dedicated self-love. I was linking this to what we're doing in Thriving Bhakti. I realized all, what you're doing is when you're showing up every day for you, when you are grabbing your attention to apply it to your intentions, right? I'll talk about this in another podcast. Intentions and attention have to go together. They have to be coupled together because if your intention um, doesn't have your attention, you could be like, if you're going to water the garden, you want to be make sure you're watering the plants that you want to plant. You may have the intention, strong intent, I want to water the garden. But you don't point the hose with attention and consciously to where it needs water, you're not going to get the results you want. And he was explaining that when you have your attention and it drives your intention, and you do those things every day and you start stacking habits towards what it is you want to achieve, this is, these are acts of self-love. And you can apply that to Bhakti, of course. When we're actually stack, doing our habits every day, our reading, our chanting, our service, our, our prayers, our bhajan, um, these are acts of self-love. And it requires you to actively keep your attention because in the world out there right now, there are expert AI, billion-dollar computers and algorithms grabbing your attention. Your attention is being pulled all the time. You're competing with experts, social media. Um, so attention is a scarce resource today. So you have to be really careful what you're doing with your attention and keep your focus and drive towards your intentions. And um, so these are actually acts of love that we're doing. You're actually showing up for you. You're putting your debrief up there. You're doing your habits and your, your goals. To, this is actually love. <laughs> And once you've, and once, as you say, once you've, some of you are experiencing now a bit more steadiness in your habits, more steadiness, you've achieved a certain level of habits that you want. Um, now you can do stuff to help the world. And I said this in my other podcast. So peace has to come from in your home first, in your body, in yourself. And then you can actually give peace to others. And that is all. And part of those ingredients and part of that journey is 
allowing yourself to lose innocence and naivety to what this world is really about, what this world can really deliver. This world can bring so many problems to us. You have to be uh, um, aware and conscious of the nature of the world so you can be prepared. It is a difficult place to live, the material world. We cannot be naive anymore. There are calamities, and we're seeing you know, so much calamity go around the world, and people are losing their minds. So I just want you to think uh, today around losing naivety and innocence, letting it go, um, allowing yourself to, and also acknowledge that what you're actually doing and, and how you're developing yourself within this program, you're actually doing acts of dedicated acts of self-love. And then you're stacking on that. And then you're assembling the skeleton of, your, of, of those acts of self-love into something that then can go out into the world and do great things. So I hope this was useful. Um, I like, I always love, and I always keep connecting with some of the men here. It's like, Bhakti, um, you almost have to, you also almost have to create your own rite of passage here. When you come into Bhakti, understand you're going through rites of passage. You're letting go of innocence. You've got to let go of who you were before, what you were thinking before. You've got, you know, and don't let that take decades. That Try to consciously move forward into a new you, like shedding skin. And this used to happen. This happens in so many other non-Western European modern cultures. They, they had these rites of passage where the child would move to an adult and lose that innocence and naivety. Because understanding the entrepreneur, the military person, the bhakti yogi, the genuine entrepreneur spiritualist understands that we have to start seeing the serious nature of this world. We have to lose innocence and naivety so we can become strong. And that creates inner strength and wealth to handle these things when they happen so we can keep our eyes on the higher goal. Okay, so I hope that was useful. Um, you can leave some comments uh, if you like. Otherwise, um, yeah, Hare Krishna.